0: what's going on greater impact church i greet you guys in the name and love of our lord and savior jesus christ as always it's so good to see each and every one of you here tonight in the house of god in the presence of the lord amen amen and amen do me a favor say to your neighbor neighbor it is so good to see you glory to god and say to your other neighbor neighbor it's about to get real glory to god amen and amen amen Um, Church, I pray that you guys have been enjoying this series that we've been in now the past four weeks, Um, this series titled uh, TikTok, and uh, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I know that God has definitely blessed me through this series, and I'm super excited for the word that God has set apart for us here on tonight. The previous three messages have prepared us for this last and final message and I pray that you guys are blessed by it, and that it impacts you in such a significant and mighty way. Amen. Amen. Before we get into the word tonight, let's go ahead and open up with a quick word of with a quick word of prayer, and uh, we'll go forth from there. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come gracious and humble before your presence yet again tonight. Father, first and foremost, we thank you for this opportunity that you have allotted to us, that you have entrusted to us. oh God to gather here to fellowship, to worship, and to prepare, to open our hearts to be able to receive and hear from your word, Lord. Father God, we just thank you for strengthening us and getting us here to this place of worship. Thank you, Father God, for all that you've done, but thank you, Father, most importantly, for who you are. Father, because of who you are, it's enough for us. So, Father, we bless you. We glorify you. We thank you for all things and in all things in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray in agreement that you bless our time together here on tonight, that you would soften and prepare our hearts, O God, that you lead us and guide us as only you can. Open our ear gates and our eye gates spiritually, that we may fully receive and comprehend the principles and the word of God, having them implemented and applied to every aspect of our life, that we may live our best life in you and through you, that we may be the true men and women of God that you intend for us to be. Father, we pray in this moment that you remove away from us every form of distraction, and that you will replace it with a double portion of your Holy Spirit. Let every heart, let every ear, let every eye be attentive and focused. And Father, we trust and know that it will be so in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, secure every excuse me, uh, secure every connection that is tuning in, that is here, present with us on tonight. And Father, as always, let your word go forth in the ways that you intended to. Let me decrease that you may increase, O God, and let your name be glorified in all that we do. We receive these things by faith, and we ask and pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who has taught us to pray, and the people of God said, Amen. Amen and Amen. Well, church, are you guys ready for the word of God? If you are ready for the word of the Lord on tonight, just give God all the praise. Give him the glory and honor right there in the chat. Amen. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Church, let me ask you, when we talk about, uh, before I give you guys my title, before we get into the scripture for tonight, let me ask you guys a question what do you do with, what do you do in hardships? What do you do in the midst of you facing hardships? You could put your answers there in the chat. Uh, or what do you do when trouble comes across your path? You know, are you that type of person that maybe all you do is just really take time to really pray even harder than what you've ever done before? Do you take the time to maybe worship Uh, more so than what you have ever done before? Do you allow yourself to be completely disconnected or distant from God? Or do you allow yourself to um, do things differently or do things more that you don't do enough of now? Tonight's message, I want to talk to you guys about how we are to Uh, what we are to do in the midst of troubles, not just troubles, but what we are to do in the midst of every season of our life. Amen. Uh, When we opened this series, we read that passage of scripture that says there's a season under heaven for everything. There's a season for laughter and joy. There's a season for weeping and mourning. There's a season for life. There's a season for death and so on. That's the scripture that we opened this series up with. But the scripture that we're going to close out, that we're going to close out this series with, is one that is very—it's it, it, it's an extension of that original scripture. It is an extension of the scripture that we open up this series with. So, without further ado, let's open our Bibles to the Old Testament. We're going to be reading from the Book of Psalm, and we're going to be reading chapter one forty-nine. So, one hundred and forty-nine. Verse 5. Again, that is the book of Psalm, chapter 149, verse 5. Now keep in mind you, I read from the ESV version of the Holy Bible. However, you can use whatever translation best suits you or that you are uh, that you are best able to comprehend and understand. Now keep in mind the wording is different, but the general meaning is the same. If you're still getting there, that's fine. Take your time. But once you do get there, please make sure that you follow along. Again, we're coming out of the book of Psalm, chapter 149, verse five. And the word of God says, let the godly exalt in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let, uh, Yeah, amen. Let the godly exalt in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Glory to God. See, um, for the people of God, we are to we are to bask we are to soak we are to indulge ourselves in the glory of god now we've often heard it say you know be in the presence of god but there's another passage in the book of psalm where it says that you know no matter i believe it's in the book of psalm it says that no matter where we are no matter where we go we are ultimately always in the presence of god to one to one distinct or another, right? It says, if I go down to the grave, God, you are there. If I go on the battlefield, you are there. If I go, uh, you know, if I go here or there, you are there, right? It sounds like a Dr. Seuss book, but it's so true. And it is written in the book of Psalms somewhere in these long, uh, even though Psalm is, they're full of poems and songs, um, there's so many different chapters. But in one of the Psalms, it says this, wherever we go, God is ultimately there. Now, because we can't sense or feel the presence of God, doesn't diminish that, his, that he's not there. It doesn't say that he's not there. He's there. But there's one or two things wrong. We are either not awakened to the presence of God or we have become numb to the presence of God. Both of those situations are dis, uh, uh, not dis, uh, both of those situations are dangerous, all right? Because if you're numb to the presence of God, that means that you will willfully sin and not feel bad for the sin that you committed. and you become numb to the presence of God, the more you indulge in sin and the more you try to justify your sin with things such as, "Oh, well God'll forgive me anyway." Because now what you're allowing the enemy to do is to deceive you by you believing your own lies. In fact, that's what the enemy does. The enemy is so good of a liar that he actually believes in his own lies. In the same ways that he deceives himself, he deceives others who will listen and receive the the discord or the seed, the words that he's sowing into their minds. So, either we could become numb to the presence of God, such as that, or we could become numb to the presence of God by allowing ourselves to be filled with all kinds of negative emotions. Uh, Maybe somebody in your family got ill. Maybe, uh, you know, you lost a pet that you love. Maybe, um, you know, you lost a job and now you're struggling to make ends meet or whatever situation. There are many different situations that one could go through in life where they would develop some kind of harsh feelings towards God because they feel, well, why would God let this happen to me? And the short answer to that is because God doesn't give us. Things that he doesn't think we can handle. He doesn't, you know, uh, everything has a season under heaven. And that's the scripture that we open up with. But for the glory of God, we are to bask. We are to soak into the glory of God. And the only way to do that is to be in the presence of God. And what I mean by that, when we say be in the presence of God, we already established that God's presence is always there regardless. But what I'm saying is when we say be in the presence of God, we're saying be awakened to the fact of God's presence. Be awakened to the fact of God's presence. Say that to your neighbor. Neighbor, be awakened to the presence of God. And why do we have to be awakened to the presence of God? Because when you are awakened to the presence of God, it's just as if you invited God into your house. It's like inviting a guest Into your house. You don't just invite a guest into your house. And don't acknowledge them. My God. So when you are basking. In the glory of God. You have to acknowledge the presence of God. In your life. You have to acknowledge the presence of God. In your house. You have to acknowledge the presence of God. In your job. You have to acknowledge the presence of God. Period. Amen. You have to acknowledge the presence of God. In every aspect of your life. And the reason why some of us go through the unattended stress and the reason why some of us go through the unnecessary emotions that we don't even have to go through is because we don't acknowledge the presence of God. But if I was to ask you, well, don't you acknowledge the presence of God on Sunday? Don't you acknowledge the presence of God in church? Your immediate answer would be yes. And how do we acknowledge the presence of God? We pray we we thank him for his presence we position ourselves in a place in a posture to where we can hear and receive from the word of god but this type of behavior this type of action is not to stop on sunday it is to roll over into monday it is to roll over into tuesday and wednesday and thursday and friday and saturday all the way up until the moment we come back together to worship in the church. So for the people of God, we are to be awakened and to acknowledge the presence of God in every aspect of our lives. And we are to then soak in, as we acknowledge the presence of God, we bask in the glory of God. What does that mean? That means that you celebrate my God, you celebrate, you praise God, you rejoice in every moment good or bad, because the word tells us that we're blessed in season and out of season, my God. So church, I tell you, you are to bask in the glory of God. You are to soak in the glory of God. Amen. When we stand in the presence of God, we can enter into the joy of the Lord. Amen. Remember, there's a passage of scripture that says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Right. So if we allow the enemy to rob us of our joy, then we are ultimately allowing the enemy to rob us of our strength. And that is not a good thing. So if you are in a situation, rather that be now, or maybe it may be later down the road, or maybe it may have already occurred where you went through a battle or you went through a season and you just felt beaten and battered and you felt weak and you felt that you couldn't carry on anymore. Were you at a point where you felt that you could not do this anymore to the point where you were tempted to quit, but instead of quitting, you're here, which is a beautiful thing. It's an awesome thing that you didn't make that decision, that final decision to quit, but you still pressed your way and still made it to the to the place that God needed you to make it. I believe it was the apostle Paul who said something along the lines of run your race with endurance. Run your race with endurance so that you can cross the finish line and obtain the prize. Amen. Um, The only way for us to get to our finish line, we have to not only acknowledge the presence of God, not only bask and soak in the glory of God, we have to um, receive the joy of the Lord. Amen. We have to receive the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is going to push us when we feel that we can't push ourselves. The joy of the Lord is going to motivate us when we feel that we have no motivation. Amen. So the joy of the Lord is very important and crucial in the life of the Christian. Now, let me ask you, do you have the joy of the Lord in your life? Ask your neighbor, neighbor, do you have the joy of the Lord in your life? If you have the joy of the Lord in your life, it looks something like you praising God in every season. If you have the joy of the Lord in your life, it looks something like you know you're tempted to feel weak, but you choose not to feel and give in to that temptation to be weak because you have strength in you. You have strength in you. You have strength in your in your relationship with Christ. You have strength in your your faith and the Word of God that He sent forth to you. Amen. The promises of God. These are some examples of how you know you got the joy of the Lord in your life. But let me just go on to add this on. There's not one person that's here tonight that does not have the capability that does that's uncapable. Let me put it that way. There's not one person here that is uncapable is not capable of receiving the the joy of the Lord. Every last one of you here tonight, every last one of you here tonight are capable of receiving and walking in the joy of the Lord. Amen? Every last one of you here, I don't care what side of the fence you're on, every last one of you here has the potential to receive and to walk into and walk with the joy of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Just as there is a season for all things, we should be grateful for every opportunity given given unto us. Amen. Just as there is a season for all things, we should be grateful for every opportunity that we have been allotted, that we have been entrusted, that God has given to us. Amen. Are you grateful for the opportunities that God has put in front of you? Or are you that person that is just not content with every, anything to the sense of you complaining? You worried about what everybody else got, but you ain't thankful for what you got. You worried about that, you know, you, you you complain because you don't have a big enough house like somebody else down the street got. You complain because your car doesn't look as good as somebody else's car. Your job isn't as great as somebody else's job. But can we get to a place where we just thank God for what we do have? Can we get back to a place where we worry about what's in our house and try to stop uh, stop worrying about what's in everybody else's house? Stop worrying about what's in everybody else's garage and start worrying about what's in ours, right? Or as they would say back in the day, uh, stop worrying about what's in somebody else's yard and start worrying about what's in your yard, right? Amen. Glory to God. So um, we got to stop trying to attend to everybody else's field and start attending to our own field. We got to stop trying to complain and try to outdo somebody and just be grateful for what God has given us and run and walk with that in which God has blessed us with. It may not be the blessing that you wanted. It may not be the blessing that somebody else has, but hey, at least you're blessed, right? We got to change that way of thinking, right? We got to transform that mindset. Glory to God. Amen. Um, So, uh uh glory to God so just as there is a season for all things we should be grateful for every opportunity not complain about every opportunity, not dismiss every opportunity uh not expect every opportunity to be what we want it to be or be as great as we anticipate it to be, but to be that in which God intends for it to be in that given moment in that given season. Every struggle can be a blessing in a disguise. It all depends on how we view our current or even previous situations or circumstances. What you're going through right now may be a blessing in disguise. That promotion may be a blessing in disguise. That demotion may be a blessing in disguise. The fact that you didn't get that job may be a blessing in disguise. Amen. Um, that, that new, that relocation may be a uh, a blessing in disguise. You just got to change the way you look at things. you got to change your perspective, allow God to transform and transition your perspective in a way that you can see and understand the things of God. Amen. Uh, so we got to stop looking at struggles as an opportunity to complain because some of us just wait on standby and at the smallest sign of trouble we take that we 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 oh we complain right have you ever been around somebody or maybe have you ever got to a situation to where you knew something was going to turn out bad and you were just on 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 the sidelines waiting for it to turn for the worst and then as soon as it did you just started complaining and you over complain, you complained way too much over that one little thing that wasn't even that serious that's how you know when you <laughs> you on standby just to complain about something. Amen. Amen. My message title for tonight is celebrate. My message title for tonight is celebrate. And when I when I uh wrote this message for some reason I heard that song in my head, uh celebrate good times. Come on. Come on church. You know you know it. Amen. Um uh, I know I can't sing y'all But uh, praise God. Amen. So celebrate is our title for tonight. Amen. So as I said, you know, we got to stop. We got to stop looking at every sign of trouble, every opportunity or every uh, every sign of trouble, every small little thing. We got to stop complaining or looking at that as an opportunity to complain. In fact, we got to transition, allow God to transition our perspective. We got to allow God to shift our mind and our views so that we can see it how God intends for us, means for us to see it. Amen. Your battle, your perspective. Your battle, your perspective. See, it's evident that in life and no matter what season we may be in, there's going to be some kind of hardship, there's going to be some kind of trouble that presents itself. There's going to be some kind of battle that we're going to have to come up against. Amen. Even in our good season, even in our good season, there's going to be some kind of struggle. There's going to be some kind of obstacle. There's going to be some kind of, (coughs) excuse me, opposition that we come against or that tries to come against us. Again, your battle, your perspective. Do me a favor. Turn your Bibles open to the book of Philippians. This is in the New Testament, I believe, shortly after the book of Acts. Turn to the book of Philippians. Again, that's in the New Testament. I believe uh, it's right after the book of Ephesians. So, book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4. And the word of God says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice, Amen. Throughout God's Word, He instructs us to rejoice in all things. This isn't the only passage of Scripture. I could probably give you a handful of scriptures where God tells us, especially in the Book of Psalms, where God tells us to be grateful, where God talks, tells us to be uh, in a in a stance, in a position to where we could be pr- when we can praise. Now, some of us might be thinking, "Well, Apostle, how can I praise God?" When all is not well in my life. oh, well, did you ever stop to think that praise is not for you just to thank God, but praise is something for you to position yourself in gratitude? Did you ever stop to think that praising God is not just something you do when everything is going right, but it's something that you are to do even when things are going wrong? Why do you think God told us in his word that we're blessed in season and we're blessed out of season? So because of the fact that you are blessed in season and out of season, that means that you should be grateful. You should be grateful. You should be in a stance all the time where you can praise God. Now, I know in our flesh, sometimes it's very hard, especially when we go and endure those moments that are very difficult for us to the point where we lost a loved one, we lost a pet, we lost a job, whatever. You fill in that blank for me. But whenever we go through those oppositions, whenever we go through those struggles, we allow our praise to diminish. We allow our praise to be shut off. We stop celebrating and in return, we start complaining. But in fact, God tells us that we should never stop celebrating, but we should embrace the moment to uh, celebrate all things. Amen. So throughout God's word, He instructs us to rejoice in all things, in every season, in every situation, in every circumstance, we should be rejoicing. We may struggle with praising God or even being grateful in the times of hardship and trouble. Majority of the times we feel more disconnected from God in the midst of our troubles than we do when all things, when all is going right in the world. For majority of us, when something turns or takes a turn for the worse, we stop praying. Because in our minds, we feel that, well, what's the point of praying? It didn't get me the answer that I needed or that I was looking for. But did you ever stop to think that the answer that you thought you were looking for was not the answer that God was going to give you or needing to give to you? See, oftentimes we feel that when uh, we pray for something big, right? When we when we pray those big audacious prayers, and they don't get answered. It affects our faith negatively. Such as, say, somebody in your family sick, right? You're praying for healing over them, and right away, they end up passing on. They go to the next. They go into eternity with Jesus, and right away, we get disgruntled and we get upset about that. But did we ever stop to think that they may not be present with us here, but they're present with God? Did we ever stop to think that because they're not they're not here suffering anymore, they are in a place where there is nothing but unending joy, unending peace? Did we ever stop to think that? So we got to change our perspective. We got to allow God to change our perspective because our perspective oftentimes gets in the way of our ability to praise Him. Our our, our perspective oftentimes clouds our judgment and gets in the way of our opportunity to be grateful and to walk in the joy of the Lord. So again, I say to you, your battle, your perspective. Amen. So if you feel disconnected from God for whatever reason, why don't you get reconnected to him? Why don't you start why don't you start that process of getting reconnected back to God? Getting back to that place, going back to your first love. Amen. Amen and amen. This is how this is this has everything to do with our perspective. As I said earlier, this has everything to do with our perspective, the way we view and look at things in life. Amen. Think of it this way, the Israelites they cried out to God for years. They were being prosecuted. Um, They were being, uh, not prosecuted. They were being persecuted. There we go. They were being persecuted by the Egyptians. What turned out as a blessing ended up years later turning into a curse. And they were heavily persecuted. They got into a land where they were basically made into slaves. And they were harshly treated as such, as slaves. And so what ended up happening was... um, they cried out to God. The Israelites cried out to God. And when God didn't answer their prayers, because they were in a place to where they were, they were not capable of hearing God, they assumed that God had died. And so they gave up all hope. They gave up all joy. They were just walking and living from day to day. But they were miserable. And they had no hope, no faith whatsoever. But little did they know, God has set apart of one of their very own on the side and gave, put him in a position of authority and put him in a position of power to where God was going to use him to free them out of bondage, use that man, Moses, um, to deliver them and lead them out of defeat into a place of victory. They didn't know that because they couldn't see God working behind the scenes. They were too busy feeling sorry for themselves. They were too busy being saddened and hurt. They were too busy being afraid. And they were not in a position to where they were capable from hearing the voice of God. But little did they know God was working behind the scenes. That's the same thing in our life. We go through those periods where we pray and we seek God. And we don't receive an immediate answer, and we all automatically assume that God isn't going to hear, or God isn't listening to us, or we assume that God isn't there, or we assume that God isn't going to answer um, what we asked him to what we ask him in regards to. But little do we know that what we don't see is that God is already working in the in the back behind the scenes of our life. And when we do see that finished product, that's evidence of that that God was working behind the scenes of our life the entire time. So we got to stop making those assumptions and start operating in faith and faith alone. We got to change our perspective. Amen. How do you how have how how you view your predicament? How you you, your predicament, will determine how you feel. There is power in your thought process. There's power in your thought process. So if you, if you negatively think of your situation such as, I'm never going to get a better job. I'm never going to get a good home. I'm never going to be able to purchase my own home. I'm never going to be able to get that degree. I'm never going to be able to get that diploma. I'm never going to be able to do whatever. When you say that phrase, I never will, You are giving the enemy the script to add in the doubt. My God, hear me, church. When you use the phrase, the prompt, I never will, you give the enemy the access to fill in a prompt that will hinder your growth. Amen. Amen and amen. My God, my God, my God, my God. So how are you currently viewing the predicament, the situations in your life? Don't you understand that there is power in your thought process, that there is power in the way you look at things, there's power in the way you receive things and perceive things, that there is power in the ways that you think, because what you think is essentially what will come out of your mouth and will respond into how you do certain things. Your thoughts can either hinder you or be a blessing to you. You must decide what side of the fence you want to be on. Do you want to be on that side of the fence where you operate in faith and you constantly work on your faith to make it stronger? Or do you want to be on that side of the fence where you constantly allow yourself to doubt, saying, I never will, allowing the enemy to put a prompt in you to hinder your growth, hinder the blessing that God has been trying to give you all along. Amen. Oftentimes we get so weighed down by things in life. But one of the things that we really get weighed down by the most is failure. Weighed down by failure. Weighed down by failure. And the reason why we become weighed down by failure is not that we have to be, but because of how we perceive it. We perceive failure as an opportunity. We see failure as a a means of us not being good enough. We say, oh, man, I didn't succeed, so I'm a suck. I, I, I didn't succeed right away in my job. I didn't succeed right away in my family. I didn't succeed right away in anything, so I feel that I'm not good enough. That's exactly how the enemy wants you to feel. In fact, that's the way some people in your life may even want you to feel because of how they feel towards you. Don't you understand that even where there's potential, there's room for growth? Don't you understand that even where there's potential, there's also failure? Where there's success, there will be failure because you can't enter into success until you go through a place called failure. In life, we all from one point in time endure failure. And rather this failure be at a new job or starting a business or failed classes or missed opportunities and etc. There's going to be a moment in life where we fail at something, but because we fail at something doesn't give us the opportunity to quit. Doesn't give us the op- It should not give us the opportunity to complain. But instead, brush our knees off and stand up and faith and know that we are already victorious through Christ Jesus and reevaluate and reassess what we failed at so that we can be successful in the future. Amen. We oftentimes dwell on our losses instead of commemorating our victories. Remember, celebrate. Rejoice in all things. Don't dwell on your losses. Don't dwell on your losses. Instead, commemorate your victories. Celebrate those small blessings. Celebrate those small accomplishments in your life. Maybe you went back to school and you got your high school diploma. Great. Great. Celebrate God for that. Yes, you may not have a degree, you may not be in college yet, you may not be at that point of achieving the the, the goals that you've set for yourself yet, but you are that much closer to being on your way to fulfilling that in which God has put in front of you or fulfilling that in which you want to accomplish in your own life. Celebrate the small things, amen? Celebrate the small things, church. Celebrate the, the, the fact that you have a relationship with Christ. Celebrate the fact that you got food in your refrigerator. Celebrate the fact that you got up out of bed this morning. Celebrate the fact that you have a job. Celebrate the fact that you got a house, that you got an apartment, that you got a place, a roof over your head, right? Praise God for the small things and have faith in knowing that what is small today can be enlarged tomorrow. Hear me, church. Receive it. Receive it. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, receive it. Glory to God. What is small today can be enlarged tomorrow. Don't you understand what your Bible says? The word of God says that he he gives to you small things. He gives to you a portion. Amen. He gives to you a portion. And based on how well you do with the portion he has given you, he will give you more. He will enlarge your territory. He will give you more. He will entrust to you more. My God, my God, my God, my God. So stop dwelling on the, on your losses and start commemorating, start celebrating those victories in your life. The enemy had a, uh, I'm sorry, the enemy had met for your failure to hinder you from growing amen he uh, to keep you in a place of fear, hoping that you would not move forward and progress. That's exactly what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to get you to a place to where he can feed you fear every day you wake up and you are afraid to take on a new opportunity. You're afraid to look for a new job. You're afraid to go back to school. You're afraid to get into ministry or whatever it is that God may try to be uh, uh, trying to lead you into. You are afraid because the enemy is constantly feeding you fear and you are in a position to where you are constantly receiving and feeding off of fear. And letting fear feed off of you. You have to stop that. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, you have to stop that. Glory to God. Stop being afraid and get your faith back. Amen. Stop being hindered and start growing. Amen. Glory to God. Any life that doesn't grow does not progress. Uh, I'm sorry. Any life that does not grow and does not progress is a slap in the face of God. The Bible says that you are a living thing and living things grow, living things develop, living things mature. So if you are not growing, if you are not maturing, then this is indication that you need to position yourself in a place where you can grow, where you can develop, where you can get to the place that God intends for you to be. Amen. Do not slap God in the face. The Bible says that God will not be mocked. Amen. And you know, you got to realize that this life is not your own, that it belongs to God, that God given you this life and start honoring him with every aspect of your life so that you don't slap him in the face, but that you bless him. Amen. God called us to be fruitful, but we have to be in a position in order to be, be in position in order to be fruitful, right? To be fruitful is to grow, to, to mature, to develop, to produce good things. God wants to do that in us and through us. He's given us a command from the very begin of time, beginning of time to do that. But in order for us to successfully do that, we must be in a position, in a place to where we can do that. Amen. What failure has weighed you down or is currently weighing you down? What failure has prompted you to be afraid to try to take on another opportunity or maybe go back and revisit that opportunity and try it from a different approach. You fill in that blank for me. God intends to use your failure as a stepping stone to get you to that place of success. As I said earlier, your failures are not meant to demolish you. Your failures are meant to grow you. Your failures are meant to get you to a place to where you can be successful. Failures were designed to, or, 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 uh, um, how can I put this? Fears are rewired by God, reprogrammed by God to help you to approach things from a different approach, helping you to see things from a different perspective, helping you to do things in a way that you've never done it before. That's how God has reprogrammed your failures. Now you have to make the decision of what you want to do. Do you want to be on the receiving end of the enemies uh, the enemy's type of failure? Or do you want to be on God's type of side, uh, side of the uh, of failure? Amen. The godly side of failure is I'm going to change my perspective. I'm going to adopt a new approach. I'm going to handle this situation differently than what I did the first time. The reason why some of us continuously see. Failure excuse me repetitively in our lives is because we approach it the same way that we approached it before. You gotta stop that, church. You gotta stop that. You gotta stop trying to approach something that you failed at with the same approach that caused you to fail. Amen. You got to approach it differently. You gotta look at it differently. You got to do things differently. Stop being afraid of being different. Stop being afraid of letting God make change in you and through you. My God. Lastly, I say this to you. Flowing freely. Flowing freely. Say that to your neighbor. Neighbor, flow freely. Glory to God. In order to position yourself in a place where you can truly celebrate the life God has given you, you must get to a place of being able to flow in freedom. You got to get to a place, church, where you can flow in freedom and where freedom can flow in you and through you. My God. In order to flow freely, turn your mind off to negative thoughts, right? (coughs) Excuse me. Turn your mind off to negative thoughts. Stop letting the enemy put all that kinds of foolishness in your mind. And, and, and walk in freedom. Walk in, and walk in the freedom of the Lord daily. Walk in the freedom of the Lord daily. We can walk in the freedom of the Lord by indulging ourselves in the word of God constantly, meditating on his word and proclaiming his promises over our life each and every day. My God, Replace every negative thought with a promise from the word of God. And proclaim that and decree and declare that over our lives. Glory to God. Secondly, we must stop focusing on our failures and start celebrating our successes. And stop looking at failure as an end to us. And start looking at it as a stepping stone to get us into a place of success. Making proclamations in accordance to the word of God over our lives, over our families, over our companies, over our ministries, and whatever else God may has led us to. And lastly, in order to flow, you must seize your opportunity to celebrate. Seize your opportunity to celebrate, church. Seize your opportunity to be all that you can be for God. Amen. Stop letting the little things get the most of you and start getting the most of it. Stop letting the enemy weigh you down by the many negative thoughts that he tries to feed into you to get you to be afraid, to get you into a place to where all you do is complain instead of celebrating God. As we close out the series, as we close out our message tonight, I challenge you. Every last one of you here, no matter how difficult the season, no matter how how hard the battle, no matter how severe the struggle, I challenge you to press your way and praise. I, I, I challenge you to celebrate every season, every moment in life that God gives you and watch how not only your perspective changes even better, but how you change even more. I challenge you to do that. When we talk about time and we talk about utilizing time for God, we can't properly utilize our time for God without giving him glory. We can't utilize time correctly for God with all with, with all we do is complaining, right? We got to celebrate. Celebrate every season, celebrate every moment, m- commemorate the small things and know that God will enlarge them in his timing. Amen. Amen and amen. Church, did you receive this word on tonight? If you receive this word, give God all the praise, give him all the glory and honor, for he alone is worthy of all praise and glory and honor. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, church, before we conclude our um, worship experience here on tonight, we'd never like to end a worship experience without giving you the opportunity to reconnect to God, without giving you the opportunity of committing or recommitting your life over to Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us in his word that, um, you know, that he knocks on the door of our heart, right? He desires an intimate fellowship and connection with us. In In fact, it says this in the book of Revelation chapter three. He says, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. Will you let me come in that I may fellowship with you? We invite you today to answer the door for Jesus. He's knocking. Will you let him in that he may fellowship, that he may have that personal connection with you? The Bible says that if you confess in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he died for your sins, that he raised on the third day, he ascended into heaven, and is soon to come back again, and you profess these things with your mouth, you shall be saved. So in just a moment, I'm going to provide an opportunity for you here. We're going to pray together. We're going to invite Jesus to come into our hearts. If this is your first time committing your life to Christ, just know that this is the best decision that you can ever make. No, Jesus will not make your life easier, but he does make it possible because he walks alongside with you and you no longer have to live this walk alone, but you can walk it alongside not only the people of God, but God himself. It doesn't make it easier, but he does make it possible. He does give us strength to endure every passing moment, every battle that we could possibly face on the earth. Um, Glory to God. If you wish to accept Christ tonight, Click on that blue raised hand button there in the chat. Let us know that you're taking that stand, that you're making that decision to commit or recommit your life to Christ. Now, understand that by clicking on that button, it is completely anonymous. It does not let us know who or where you are. But we would love to hear your story. We would love to hear your testimony and just to hear how God has grabbed a hold of you and impacted your life here on tonight. So if you wish to recommit or commit your life to Jesus, click that raise hand button and take it the next step and click on that connect button and go share your faith with everyone in the world, amen? Don't worry about what people think or say about you. It does not matter. The only thing that truly matters is what Jesus thinks of you and he thinks you're great, amen? Amen. So for those of you that wish to commit or recommit your life to Christ, join me in this simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you today. I confess that I'm a sinner. My sins are many. Lord, forgive me of all my sins. I realize, acknowledge, and affirm my need for you. Lord, I believe that you died for me. I believe on the third day you raised to life, you ascended into heaven, and you are soon to come back again. Lord Jesus, I receive you into my heart, and I receive you into my life as my personal Lord and Savior. Remember me. Record my name in your book of life. Make your home on the inside of my heart and help me to be more like you each and every day. In your most holy and precious name, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.